You are listening to the Sideline SaaS Podcast, episode 43, a Conference USA conversation. In this episode of the podcast, I do a quick breakdown of the nine week one college football games. I talk with Middle Tennessee quarterback Asher O'Hara about the Blue Raiders bout with Army this weekend. And I catch up with Conference USA preseason offensive player of the year and Marshall running back Brendan Knox about the message that the Thundering Herd hopes to send on national television. But first, some housekeeping stuff. Hey guys, Emily Van Buskirk here. Welcome to the Sideline SaaS Podcast, a proud member of the Brawl Podcast Network. If this is your first time listening, I'm glad you found me. The Sideline SaaS Podcast is generally produced every two weeks just for you, and the show notes can be found on the episode page at Spreaker.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts, and feel free to rate and review. Let your girl know how she's doing. If you feel like getting social as well as sassy, make sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Sideline Sass with three S's. Or if you're more like my mom and prefer a wholesome connection, go ahead and like the show on Facebook. If you like what you hear and you want to see more, check out the website www.sidelinesass.com with three S's for more sports content. Feel free to follow the sass on my personal account at MLM, E-M-I-L-N-E-M, on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you didn't catch all that, no worries. All of those links and handles can be found in the show notes. And I'm excited to announce the addition of Sideline Sass merchandise to the brand. If you want your very own Sideline Sass dad hat, head over to the Brawl Network website and get your very own. But uh, for now, let's uh, go talk to some people. The 2020 season is underway. Kick goes into the end zone. C.J. Evans in the backfield. He's the true freshman. And right away, Oldsball is going to keep it. Pitch it to Evans. Evans, a nice block outside. And Evans has room. C.J. Evans makes a guy miss. And you want it college football. First play. Touchdown, Governors. That was quite a way to start the 2020 college football season. I don't think anybody saw that happening, but a very fitting beginning to... Are you, are you, I can't. When your sister comes out to do laundry and you're just trying to record your podcast, can I live, please? You're fine. You're on it. Anyway, so college football kicked off. We saw the first game, FCS. I was glued to my phone, even though I was at my sister's work party. <laughs> People thought I was weird, but I was watching the game. Austin P playing. Everything can be dried. Everything can be dried. My sister's doing my laundry for me. I'm just, this is all going to just, we're rolling with it, right? This is how we do it in New York. Austin P, Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas taking home the W, 24-17. I honestly feel bad because I told people I thought Austin P was going to win, and it did look like they were going to win from the get, but they could not come back, although it was pretty thrilling to watch it down to the wire. It wasn't the best football, but it was football, and I was just happy to have it. So pretty good game, but this weekend we've got a slate of college football games. Not your barn burners, not your... 
you know, big teams, big names, games, but there's a lot of quality in the nine games that we're going to see this weekend. So I figured I would start this podcast off. Obviously, I'm going to be talking to two of those players that will be in games this weekend and have them give you their perspective on what it was like to prepare and, you know, what it's like in COVID to play in a football game. I'm also going to be covering a game, one of those games this weekend, so I'll be able to check back in with a little perspective on (laughs) you can make noise. It's okay. I mean, you're already in it. You're in it. She's doing laundry. It's fine. <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about what the media is expected to do, particularly at the game I'm going to. I don't really know how other schools are handling it. I can only speak for two of them. So, But I will talk a little bit about that and kind of give you guys insight into what is expected from media members during this, this pandemic football that we've got going on. So let's take a little quick look before we get to what the guys have to say, which I know is you know, what everyone's excited about in this episode. We're just going to take a quick look at some of these games that are coming off. Obviously, Thursday night, two games. We've got Central Arkansas again. So you get to see this team play one more time at UAB. That's going to be the first game at 8 p.m. Eastern. And then South Alabama at Southern Mississippi. Now, okay, at first blush, not super, you know, exciting because maybe you don't know too much about these teams. I can actually say that I, I have covered Southern Mississippi, and most of you guys that listen to my podcast know that I am a small ball girl. I love going to smaller schools, learning about their culture, watching the games, finding players that people haven't quite heard about. Um, I think that's why Jim Nagy and I get along so well, is that we love to profile and give love to guys that are not always on people's radars. And that's how you find them. It's not from watching film. It's it's from going to these places and, and being part of it. it. Liz, isn't that what you say to people that I like to go to small towns? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> A lot of love for middle America. <laughs> I do love middle America. Having grown up on a coast, it's it's weird to think that there's parts of the country that survive without the ocean. Yeah. That's weird, right? But it happens. So I am excited to see that South Alabama-Southern Mississippi game. Southern Miss is a good team, athletic team. That one I think is going to be traditional hard-nosed football, which... I always, you know, you know me, old school as it gets. So uh, neither game are ones that I know too much about. So, I, you know, and I, I probably should have done a little more prep before going into this, but I'm very focused on this, on the game that I'm covering and the, uh, the game that of the other guests that I'm having. So these two games are going to give fans a first look at Big Conference USA West favorites in UAB and Southern Miss. Oh, Liz is checking out. Good night. Good night from New York. <laughs> She's actually going to bed because she has a real job and she has to function tomorrow. But I'm just going to keep on recording, plug right on through, and give you guys this breakdown. Okay. Anyways, UAB, Southern Miss, Blazers have won the division back-to-back years, should be dominant defensively. There's several players to watch in the game. Everybody's excited for linebacker Christopher Mall. He's a star. Can't wait to see him play. So that those are going to be the first two Thursday night. A little bit of a warm-up, you know, for... For Saturday's games. Now she's taking a video of me. I hope that's for mom and dad to show them that I that I actually do do work when they're not around. Hey, mom and dad. Yep. Hey, mom and dad. Okay, so let's look ahead to Saturday's games because these these are the games you know that I that I think we're all excited for. We've got Eastern Kentucky at Marshall. Pretty excited for this game because I have I was gonna try and go. One of the things Marshall they're they're having two thousand I think two thousand five hundred fans 
at the game. And what's funny is I was going to try and cover it, but they, you know, they're, they're trying to get their media credentials in a row, figure out how they're going to social distance media, definitely give priority to local, you know, newspapers and so forth. So I talked to their athletic department and they are incredible, incredible guys and gals over there. Love working with them. And they just weren't sure, you know, how they they were going to handle visiting media. So I said, you know, no worries. And I, but I actually bought a ticket just in case I wasn't going to be able to cover the game that I am going to, which is Middle Tennessee at Army, because I am here in New York with my sister. And so I figured that would be, you know, the easiest game for me to go to. But I had a backup plan, had a ticket all purchased for Marshall. Shout out Chuck McGill for helping me out with that and I was gonna I love Huntington West Virginia I went to a Marshall game last year it was the most incredible experience it helped that it was the you know 75 game which is just if you've never been to Marshall and if you're a big college football fan if you're a history buff if you like those kinds of things Marshall on the anniversary of the 75 the plane crash it's it's a just a spiritual weekend I, I mean and I don't believe in ghosts I don't believe in that kind of stuff but being there for that game and hearing the players talk about what they talked about and the experiences, it was truly otherworldly. It was incredible. So luckily for this podcast, I got to have Brendan, I'm going to have Brendan Knox on um, to talk about, we talk a little bit about last year when he wore, you know, he's number 20. And one of the things that's pretty cool that Marshall does um, for that week is they have the players research the guys' jerseys that they wore from the year of the plane crash so they can learn about the players, keep their history alive, and tell their stories. And what was absolutely crazy that I I learned from Brendan Knox when I went there that weekend is that he wore the same jersey as a guy that was from his home city in Ohio. I literally, when I saw that, I was like, that's unreal that that would happen. So he and I chatted about that and how incredible that was. And um, Brendan Knox talks about Marshall's, you know, what how Marshall's team is looking, what he hopes to gain from this season. He talks about being the Conference USA preseason, you know, offensive player of the year. Um, he talks about how he's been working on his game and what what the statement Marshall hopes to make on this national stage. Because that's the greatest thing about this weekend is you've got teams, Middle Tennessee at Army, SMU at Texas State, Houston Baptist at North Texas, Arkansas State at Memphis, and Stephen F. Austin at UTEP. I mean, yes, you have BYU and Navy, you know, on Monday, but that game is already marquee in and of itself. But those games that I just mentioned, these are all schools, you know, maybe aside from Memphis, which we've all probably seen play. I've even been, I've covered a game, I've covered a Memphis game, but most of those schools do not get this kind of national attention. I mean, you're talking about these games being on ESPN, ESPN3, CBS, I mean, this kind of stage just does not happen, especially week one for players like this. So one of the things that I talked to Brendan Knox about and Asher O'Hara, the Middle Tennessee quarterback, is what kind of message are they personally and their teams going to send to the nation? Conference USA gets no love. And I've been saying this for a while, that their conference deserves a seat at the college football table. Now, I know you're going to think I'm crazy for saying that they're, they should be a power five school, but hear me out. They have plenty of talent across the board. And you don't really know how good they are because they don't get the chance to prove it very often against big names. And when they do play them, they play them hard. But look at this. In the Super Bowl for the 49ers, you have Richie James, Middle Tennessee product, Trent Taylor, Louisiana product. You have guys that you have FIU players. You have FAU players. You have guys that 
are good football players that go into the league and stay in the league and do great things. So that is the one thing that I learned from players and, and coaches across the board from from Conference USA is that there are ballers in this league and they are just looking to make a statement. So I think this weekend we're really going to get a taste of this small ball, hungry, come to play mentality. So I'm very excited. Now, obviously the game I'm going to, Middle Tennessee at Army, this is going to be an interesting one. You've got, you know, a pretty pass-heavy team in Middle Tennessee led by Asher O'Hara, who I know gets tired because people ask him if he's going to run. No, he's a hell of a passer, and he's going to pass the football. He has an arm. He can do it. And this year he's got a plethora of receivers. So expect to see more in the air and less on the ground from Middle Tennessee. What's impressive is I spoke to Scott Schaefer earlier in the week, and he talked about how the defense is preparing for that Army triple option offense because you don't see it all the time, and it's it's hard to throw players right into that, especially game one of the season, you know, when you're just getting cut in. So... But their defense this year returns a lot of players, and they're healthy. I mean, that is the biggest thing that he wanted to impress on me, is that they're healthy, they're deep, and they're ready to go. So I'm excited to cover this game. I think head coach Jeff Munkin has been doing incredible things for Army. Obviously, you know I'm a fan. I've had Connor Slomka, their their fullback from last year on the podcast, long football conversations with Matt Drinkall, their tight ends coach, who is also a fullback enthusiast like myself. So I'm a fan, but I'm also a Middle Tennessee girl. You know I love going to Murfreesboro. You know Tony Franklin and I go way back. Very excited to see two of the, these two teams clash in what should be a very fun football game. And I will be excited to tell you, you know, how it goes down from a media perspective. I already know we had to fill out you know, information prior to going on Saturday. We have to go through a medical screening before we enter the stadium, get cleared temperature questions, get wristbands before we go in. We will be in the press box, but it will be socially distanced. Um, even the press box meal is going to be at our seat already so that there's no distribution, no touching. Viral press box, I mean, <laughs> viral, wow. Virtual press box, everything will be on our own, on our computers. There'll be no paper, which honestly I think is long overdue. I love a good statue as much as the next person, but there's way too much paper wasted in the press box when you can just be using stat broadcast. So I'm all for that. Uh, it'll be a virtual press conference post game. Not sure how it's going to work with saying hi to players and coaches. So that's going to be kind of a learning curve to see if we're even allowed down on the field prior to the game. But I will definitely be bringing you everything I can information-wise from that game. So make sure you follow me on social media at MLNEM, E-M-I-L-N-E-M on Twitter. I will be bringing you all of my hilarious musings from the game and also as much information as I can as we move through that game. Obviously, we have Texas State versus SMU. I am excited for this game. There's a lot of Texas State coaches that I know from their time at Cal. You know, you've got Spav, uh, Jake Spavadol, uh, Brian Hamilton, um, Peelers there, Jacob Peeler. A lot of guys that were at Cal with Sonny Dykes. So that's why I think this game is so interesting. Um, not just because it's a Texas game and it's Texas football and, and Texas State is like this David and Goliath versus SMU, kind of. Um, and not even because SMU's quarterback, you know. I'm excited to see these coaches face off against each other because they have a history, like a lot of coaches in this industry. So I'm very excited um, from a personal standpoint to, to watch that game. And then we've got Memphis versus Arkansas State. Now this one's going to be a wild, wild west shootout. If you like 
to watch scoring. If that's what you're in football for, then you need to tune in to this one because Memphis was one of eight teams to average at least 40 points per game last season. Now, obviously, Mike Norvell's departed. He's now at Florida State. Shout out Mike Norvell, who's going to come on the podcast. Big friend of the Sidelines Ask podcast. Um, excited to see what he does at Florida State, but... We've got a new coach, Ryan Silverfield. This It's going to be interesting to see. you got Brady White returning. I mean, he's got more yards than I can even count. 4,000-yard season, 33 touchdown passes. Uh, he's got wide receivers. He's got everything he needs to succeed. But Arkansas State, they were 8-5 and five last year, okay? They won the Camellia Bowl, and they averaged 30 points a game for their third year in a row. So, yeah, maybe, you know... They're not playing the toughest teams defensively. And yes, they're losing All-American Omar Bayless. That's going to be rough. But they get their quarterback you know, back, and they get their running back back. So there's going to be a lot of offensive movement in that game. So if you like points, definitely tune in to that game. Then we finish off, you know, and I don't even want to, it's Stephen F. Austin, UTEP. Can't say that I know too much about it. I do know that I'm not a fan of the Sun Bowl. Been there once, probably not going to go back. It's uh, El Paso is a very unique place. Um, But I do, I am excited to see Houston Baptist at North Texas because I do love the mean green. Obviously, it's going to be different you know, now without Mason Fine, who was one of my favorite players to watch. But it'll be interesting to see how they rebound. Always always show love for the North Texas athletics staff. Their football SIDs are great, and they do a, phen- a phenomenal job. So I'm, I'm just excited to get back into the groove with them and start watching games. And then, you know, you, you have to look at BYU-Navy, I guess, right? This is like the big game of the weekend. What's crazy about this Labor Day Monday game is that last year I was sitting at Louisville watching them take on Notre Dame in what appeared to be kind of a resurgence for Louisville. I still maintain that they're going in the right direction, and they did give Notre Dame a run for a little bit. Obviously, Notre Dame held out. Um, Ian Book, I think he hit that cheerleader, either ran into her or hit her with a football. Either way, it was an entertaining game. This year, what we get is Navy-BYU, which is fine. I'm not I, not a huge BYU fan, never understood the appeal, but very excited for Navy to make a statement with a win over BYU. Obviously, you're looking at that same kind of deal with Army where you have that unique offense, so many so many schemes, so many ways for it to go. So BYU is going to have their hands full preparing for that. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how that game goes down. Both good football teams. I think Navy's going to I think Navy's going to win it and I hope Navy's maybe that's just wishful thinking, but I'm uh, I'm excited. Midshipmen and the Cougars played in the first Holiday Bowl. A little fun fact here in 1978, and they played only one other time previously in 1989, which is the year my sister was born. That's funny. So yeah, that's the breakdown. A little bit, you know, maybe not so much of an analytical as just my opinion on all the games, but I hope you enjoyed it. And now to give more of an insight into what prep for this week has been like and what it's like to head into this week one of college football during COVID during this crazy time, I've got two players that are going to talk to you about what it feels like. First up, Middle Tennessee quarterback Asher O'Hara joins the podcast to talk about the Blue Raiders. So let's go.
So just for everyone that's listening, Middle Tennessee quarterback Asher O'Hara is joining me to talk about what it's like to play football in this pandemic. Are you just leaving? Are you leaving practice or media thing? Media. How did it go? Can you hear me? Yeah. Did it try and switch Bluetooth on you? Yes, exactly. Yes. Do you do a lot of the media stuff now, or is this your first one that you just did? I do a lot of it. Okay. Do you like it? Like, some some people embrace it, some people don't really care for it. No, yeah, I like it. You like it? I feel like some good people that ask me questions, so I'll give them a good answer. Oh, my goodness. What was a memorable one today? Do you remember? Usually they ask. (laughs) They're like, how have you improved as a passer? Don't they understand that you are already a good passer? There was just not a lot of opportunity for you to showcase that, you know? Yeah, they don't. They don't. That's uh, crazy to me. I don't think that they understand that. Well, I will set them straight. That's one of the things that, Tony, we talked a lot about what's going to be better this year offensively. And aside from you having another year, you know, under your belt, the receiving core is going to be good. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about that on Twitter, but something that doesn't get talked about is the offensive line. And he said that the offensive line going from last year to this year is is wildly better and gelling in a better way and playing better, and therefore we're going to see more time for you to pass. Would you say that that's accurate? Totally accurate. I was just talking about that in the media interview I just had like 10 minutes ago. The O-line is just unbelievable. They look so good. We got, like, the starting five is great. Robert Jones, Jaleel Riles, Jordan Palmer, Tyler Thurman, Marcus Greer. Great five, but the people that are behind them are ready to play, too, which is crazy. So That's good, because you guys have had... I was just going to say that it's given me a lot of confidence. Oh, yeah. that's, that's cute. Um, Super cute. <laughs> it's because injuries have been something that you guys struggled with, more so on defense, I would say, last year. But just in general, I feel like you guys saw so many injuries. So how important is it to develop those second and third string guys just in case? You know, you hope you never have to throw them in there, but having yeah. them ready to go is important. So important mm-hmm. to have them ready, but even more so with this COVID that's going on, because at any moment, one of my, anyone could just be out for two, three games. Just that's like so that. crazy. So even more so, like we got to have threes ready to play, which is crazy. That is great. And that honestly, I'm not sure that that's something despite the fact that we're all living in this pandemic, I don't know that, and even you just saying that, I don't know that I thought about the fact that, okay, if somebody, like a starter tests positive and they're out, then that's just like, they're gone for like two weeks. I mean, I don't know how long they have to quarantine, but um, they could miss games. Yeah, I think it's, I think for sure you miss two games, but. That's crazy. Uh, three games is sometimes, which is just absurd. I mean, that's like a third of the season since the season is so weird now. Yeah, it's going to be a new normal. Oh, my goodness. So uh, what has it been like to prepare? I mean, I've been following Coach Hicks, you know, and your strength stuff on Instagram, and he and I chatted a little bit. But what has it been like to, 
you know, prepare for games or a season in this pandemic. I'm sure you've talked about this a lot with people, but it, everyone wants to know the reality of what it's like on the field in these masks, like taking all these precautions so that you can play. Yeah, it's, it's been definitely tough for everyone. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not every year of our lives. We've been playing football for, what, 15 years, some of us more, some less, but every year we've been doing the same thing, just playing football, nothing's been new, and now all of a sudden we're, we're wearing masks under our helmet, yeah. we're, we're having to do a lot of precautions just in general, I'm not able to go hang out with people, it's just, it's tough because you gotta realize, like, do I really love this sport, and yeah. I certainly do, but tough for some people because they're not ready to commit fully like that, you know, but with our coaches and administration have actually done a great job at making us feel safe because we we definitely talked to them and with our concerns and whatnot and they made us feel better about things so it's been tough but at this point it feels somewhat normal yeah you're you've like eased into it you guys have been there for over a month now right it's been a while since you've been on campus june 1st okay yeah so it's been it's been a minute that you've been there. Um, are, 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 and remind me, are students coming to school this season or they or semester? Or are they doing it online? There's a lot of people here, but mostly it's yeah. online. But there's a lot of on campus. Okay. So, so it's kind of normal. Okay. Like, there's a lot of students here, but you're in classes right now. Yes. Okay. I, I have none on campus. But <laughs> yes. That's good. (laughs) I can't imagine what it's like. I mean, I've been traveling, you know, the the past couple weeks. So I've been on airplanes and I was on a train yesterday and it's, it's all with your mask on. Everything's different. People don't interact. You don't go. I can't imagine what it's like to sit in a classroom in a mask and, and like focus on the teacher. It's probably hard to hear. I can't like, I can't even fathom that as a student right now. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I had one class that we were on campus for a little bit. And so I went there for like the first week and I was like, this just doesn't feel right. You know, you're just looking around, everyone has a mask on, you're in a small room, just felt terrible, honestly. And you were very outspoken early on about wanting to play. I mean, there's a lot of players across the country that use social media and different things to, you know, plead with the public to do the right things. You guys want to play. And, and there's a lot of us in the media that want to see you guys play. And that's not, not always a very popular opinion amidst the pandemic. But you guys have never wavered. Have you found a lot of support backing you up in that as you guys take these steps forward to play your first game? Yeah, definitely. I'm I've always just wanted to play, you know, I'm a big, big, I uh, love football so much, so yeah. I'm always down to play no matter what it is, but it's been tough for, for everyone because you don't know every day it could end, you, you never know if we're going to be able to do it, so mm-hmm. now that we're five days out from our first game, it's just been a crazy experience, but we're finally here and we're just going to get back to doing what we love, but I've had a lot of support from the MT staff, MT mm-hmm. administration, my parents, my family. It's been helpful. Was there ever a discussion, uh, just out of curiosity, with within your family or about health and safety concerns, or were they always 100%, like, whatever you decide is what we support? Yeah, my parents are, you know, they're really behind me in whatever I do, so... That's good. I made it... We, we were, we were kind of debating it early on because it's, it was so unknown, you right. know, what, what happened, but... 
they know me and they know I need this game, so they're they're all on board with me playing. They're never against me in that regard. That's good. Were you guys shocked? I mean, when when Pac-12 canceled and Big Ten canceled, was there some sort of shockwaves through the? Because you guys in the Midwest and in the, the South were probably like, "What is happening here with these West Coast teams? Like calling a whole season off? Good teams, you know. You've got USC, you've got Oregon, Utah teams that are competitive, and then all of a sudden these players have no season ahead of them. Was that kind of crazy to see? Absolutely. That was a huge shockwave just seeing, you know, the Big Ten chance like football or like <laughs> some of us had thoughts where, you know, if they're canceled, then of course everyone's going to cancel. Right? So we, were, yeah. we were expecting bad news, but as the days went on, I just kept seeing kept seeing the positives in it, and we're lucky that our conference is still ready to play. Yeah, you guys came out the other side of this ready to go, safe and, and sound, and and now you're heading into a weekend where you're one of 10 games in college football. That's it. You guys and nine, nine other games. How crazy is that? And is that a little bit of, like exciting that you're going to have this big, I think you guys are on CBS, but either way, like you're going to be a focus for college football fans across the country. And I guess my question is, like, obviously it's exciting, but your thoughts on that? And also, is there a little bit of pressure to perform and do well and show people, like, hey, you have this big platform all of a sudden. We're going to show people what we're made of. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's, it's everyone, every one of our players' dreams is to play on TV, to yeah. play in front of big crowds. And just like last year in Michigan, you know, going into the big house, first start, a lot of pressure that, you know, it's, it's tough on somebody, especially our whole team. we got to prove ourselves. And yeah. Just going into this year, you don't really think about that pressure anymore. You just think about what you're going to do as a, as a player, as mm-hmm. a team. You don't want to think about all the outside factors, and that's something I don't really think about. I'm just... I'm lucky that my family's able to watch it, friends able to watch it. That's all that matters to me, but it's definitely a good opportunity to perform. Did you watch the last, this, uh, I guess today is Monday, so Saturday, did you watch the Austin P game versus Central Arkansas? Did you watch that? Yeah, my roommate last year, he went here. He uh, transferred to Austin P, so he played there. At num- he was number five at tight end. Okay. So that was fun. I was definitely tuned in for that, but... It was a great game, great way to kick, kick off the season. That first play of the game, that was kind of like, to have that be the first game, the first play of the college football yeah. season, that was insane. Oh, yeah, that just tells you that it's going to be a great season. <laughs> Can we expect any plays know. like that from you guys in the first? <laughs> like, are you going to go for yeah. gold that first play? <laughs> yeah, you can expect our, one of our running backs to take them to the house. I, I would like to see a... A fake, if you guys end up having to punt, I would love to see a fake punt in the first drive. I'm going to tell Tony, like, we need to see some fake punts. We need to see fake field goals. Like, I want to see some bombs down the field, like, in 90-yard end zone passes. I want to see some crazy shit is what I want to see. Yeah, I'm ready for a crazy <laughs> game, so I'm all on board. Now, traveling to New York, like, I'm, I'm actually in New York right now. Um, okay. Yeah, already here, already scouting out, already on the ground. It's humid, FYI. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be hot. I mean, you guys are used to it in Murfreesboro, so I don't know that it's going to be too much of a change, but... Are you guys apprehensive at all about, you know, traveling somewhere and then getting stuck in and, and, and all that stuff? Or are you just so focused on the game that, that none of the other stuff matters? Yeah, I'm not thinking about 
I know me personally, I'm not thinking about yeah. it. I know my teammates aren't either. Just something, if you think about that stuff, that it kind of takes you away, your focus from the game. So yeah. I think we're just... However we get there, we get there, but we're there for one reason, and that's to beat Army. That's exciting because this is the first time you guys have ever played them. Yeah, it's really exciting. My older brother's best friend was actually a starting right guard there for three years, so I got to go to one or two of the Army games. Okay, so, so you've been to West Point before. Not, it wasn't at West Point. Uh, it was at both away games, so okay. I'm excited to see what West Point's about. West Point is pretty special. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a little different with... I don't know if they're having fans at the game. I hadn't... Did you Did you know that? Is your family going? No, I think they're just having the cadets. Right, the cadets. That's an interesting thing, though, because um, one of the... I don't know if you've seen it on TV or whatnot, but they stand the whole game. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like this little army tradition kind of quirk as the cadets, they have to stand the entire game, no matter what. And it's kind of like this this funny... I don't know, they like it, but they also... It's hard, like it's an entire game of standing. And so the army players, they love it because they're yelling and hollering the whole time. But you hear mixed reviews, like some people, you know, but it's really neat. It adds to the ambiance. And that was kind of what I was going to ask you is like you're coming into this school that it's more than football for them. I mean, these guys are on, you know, they're going to be defending our country and, and there's something bigger for them in it. What is it like to go against players like that that are that are servicing our country and doing that um, for our freedom? Yeah, it's, it's certainly different. It's yeah. It's an honor, honestly, to be able to play there and play against people like that because, like Coach Franklin told us, they're they're committed to a lot of things after this. You know, football is not it to them. They've got a much bigger purpose afterwards, and mm-hmm. that's fighting for our country and potentially putting their lives on the line. So, it's. I know we have a great deal of respect for them, and me yeah. personally, I, I just have the utmost respect because. I'm playing this game that I love so much, but am I committed to do what they're doing? Right. No, because they're warriors. It's different. And I'm telling you, when the flag, I don't know if they'll do, like, the full full field flag or whatever, wherever it comes, but when it comes out, you know, before the game or on Saturday, just make sure you take that moment in because there is nothing like the national anthem at West Point. I mean, it's, it's, so, it's like, so much more impactful there. So definitely breathe that moment in definitely will thanks for that (laughs) of course now I noticed on your social media that you said that you you know you've muted some things you're taking a break from some stuff where you're not paying as close attention do you think during I mean a lot of athletes during the season they delete all of their stuff right this has been like a thing people do do you think there's some merit to kind of getting off social during the season and leaving that be so that you can focus definitely definitely some merit to that um I don't know last year I didn't do that Uh, (laughs) this year what I did is just turn off all the notifications that's what it was yeah yeah so then I'm not you know clicking hey this person said this it's just like maybe once a day twice a day yeah and I think that's gonna help me a lot and uh, obviously it's not it didn't hinder me that much at all last no. year I just think it's a good idea to do that you mm-hmm. know in general not just for fo- for a football player well you you're gonna miss out on some of like and I'm not advocating that you turn them back on, but people are saying some pretty great things about you this season. You've been getting so much preseason love. PFF loves you, has been doing all these stats on your you know, yards after contact, all these different things. 
aren't you going to miss out a little bit of the good stuff as I mean because there's always going to be bad people are going to be haters there was a lot you know there's a lot of that going on but sometimes seeing that good stuff it can make you like make your week a little bit make you feel like okay people do see the good that we're doing you know yeah I, I, I agree um, I'll just send you all the I'm good not, tweets yeah, <laughs> that might be what you have to do but I'm not really used to getting getting the um, love yeah getting the love so it's nothing it would be new to me to be seeing a bunch of stuff like that but my dad usually keeps my uh, he gives me what I need to hear he's a big uh, Astro O'Hara fan obviously so he tells me the good and if there's some good in the bad, then I'll tell me that too. So. I'm pretty sure I, that your dad follows me on Twitter and vice versa. And I love when parents are on Twitter because they're they're so fun to see them advocate for their kids. It's adorable. Like Twitter wasn't a thing when when I was playing college sports. It wasn't a thing, so my parents couldn't do it. But how funny is it to see your dad like get on on Twitter and tweet and get invested in all these things? life on those social media channels like you got to keep it 100 there like no no it doesn't oh. I let them see I let them see everything I'm doing I'm, I'm a pretty open book oh my goodness okay that's that's aspirational living right there I need to because I mean I'm not above close friending it or muting some people so they can't see it yeah I haven't had I haven't made a close friend Instagram thing yet but if I do I'll make sure you're on the oh Thank you, Asher. I, I 100% appreciate that. Um, so, obviously, we talk a lot about the Army game. Is I know, and and if you say it's one game at a time, I'm gonna I'm gonna be upset. But like, I know you're supposed to say, okay, we take it one game at a time. But is there a game as you move through the schedule that you're particularly excited about playing? Maybe you've got a friend on the team, or you want to go against somebody or the environment you're excited about. <laughs> Thank you. That's two good questions for me so far in this interview, and I'm, I'm thriving. You are. <laughs> Let me see. I, I'm curious. Like, obviously, this Army one is coming to West Point. I don't know how you'll, you know, top that because that's kind of, like, the best. I feel like one of the best environments you'll be in. But, like, you know, you're playing the homecoming. I mean, it's, they say there's going to be homecoming. Is that something that's going to happen for you guys, or do you not know? I don't know. Unfortunately, okay. but I hope so. Yeah, because that's the Western Kentucky game. You've got Troy. I think Florida International is going to be an interesting game. Like they're always pretty tough, yeah, right? Definitely. I, that's a game I love because that first that was the first game I ever played in Division Aww. I think it'll be interesting to see you guys play Rice and get some revenge because that was the game I was at last year, the Rice game. And that was a tough game, obviously, especially being at the end of the season and just kind of worn out from everything. You guys had a really tough year, but um, that was Rice's first ever... I don't know if you know this, but like that was Bloomgren's first ever away win in his career at Rice in the past two years. Well, I hate that it had to be (laughs) 
<laughs> but now there's opportunity for revenge, you know, in October where you guys take them on at their house. So that, like, do you guys keep personal tabs like that? You know, I, I'm such a petty person sometimes that I would keep track of teams that do things like that and be like, okay, I'm going to beat you guys at home next year. Yeah, I personally don't. I, I, I just <laughs> You're too nice. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like to think of that stuff because then I just feel sometimes superstitious. Like, okay. you know, if I'm, if I'm trying to, I don't know, like a rival or something, yeah. like that, then it takes my focus on what the point is. So I, I'm, I am a nice guy. I don't have any uh, <laughs> yeah. hate towards anybody. I just like... You don't have any nemesis? You don't have any, like... No, no, no you're just... but I'm sure some people have me as <laughs> See, I need to learn from that because I have too many nemesis. Like, I, I think I take things too personal. I was the, the girl in the soccer games in college that got the red cards. Like, I was very much uh, a oh, fighter. That's awesome. Yeah. That's... I don't know. I don't know about that. You gotta love a red card. Yeah. I, my own dad gave me a red card one time in a game, so that's how, that's wow. how bad, yeah, that's how bad it got, so... Yeah, it's been a it's been a journey. I'm excited for you guys to go to Marshall. I don't know. Have you played at Marshall before? I went there. I didn't play, but okay. still did, and that was a cool cool place. Yeah, the the history at that school, um, obviously with the plane crash and everything that's happened, yeah. it's a very special kind of environment. And so I would look forward. I think I'm going to try and catch you guys when you go there. Now, obviously, these are all wishful thinking. Like, hopefully, the season pans out. I think. Like we said, this first weekend is going to dictate a lot of what happens, but hoping that moving forward, you know, we get to play out all these games. That's true, exactly. And that's what's so crazy about all this. It's like, you know, we just got to look at what's right on the horizon. But if you could play any team, any Power Five, any team anywhere in the U.S., and you could play against them, like, what would be your childhood dream team to play against? I would play at Minnesota. At Minnesota? Yeah, my dad went there. He played safety for four years. He started four years, so I've always wanted to go there, and obviously that didn't work out, so I'd love to play there and have him see that. Minnesota. Yeah. That I would. That was. A, I mean, I guess I should have known that your dad. That was a curveball. I'm. I'm a little. Definitely a curveball. You weren't ready for it. <laughs> I have been there though, and I will say this: that you definitely don't want to play them in November because it is freezing there. Does your dad ever talk about what it was like to play in that weather? Yeah. I mean, I'm from Chicago, so I'm built for it. I'm That's true. I guess you are. Did you grow up in the suburbs? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, northwest suburb. It's around 30 minutes outside of Chicago. It's called Arlington Heights. Okay. Is that up north or south? Northwest. Northwest. Okay. So, because you know, yeah. last year I lived in Peoria, Illinois, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a little down. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I'm aware of where that is. It was, it was, when I took the job, I didn't realize, like, anything about Illinois as a state. I knew Chicago, obviously, but I learned a lot about that region in the Midwest. Um, I drove all over there, and so it was, it was a trip. Yeah. Like, that state is crazy. That's a good place to live for one year. Honestly, it was, but I'll tell you, Peoria didn't have a Whole Foods. Like, there was no Whole Foods. There was no... Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, no Nordstrom. Like, I was basically living, like, bare bones out there. That's so funny. <laughs> well, thank you so much. So much for joining me for this. Finally got you on the podcast. Love being on it. I've been waiting for this moment. I, Mark Owens, our guy here, 
he's like, after that interview, he just gave me a, a number and said, <laughs> Emily Van, is it Buster? Yes, that's right, yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm like, I know her. <laughs> so I, I was excited to make the call. So I'm here now with Marshall, running back Brendan Knox. You were placed on the preseason awards list, correct? Yes, ma'am. And that was very exciting, not only just being acknowledged for your play as a running back, but you were the overall offensive player. And that's kind of exciting to represent, you know, the whole conference as the offensive player. What do you think? I mean, last year, obviously, phenomenal season for you. What are you working on going into this season, hoping to improve on, hoping to do more of at your position and for your team? The biggest thing, you know, obviously is to get our team to, you know, where we felt like we should have been last year. We were one game away from, you know, the championship. Mm -hmm. So kind of obviously that's number one overall. But secondly, I'd say just, you know, just showing that I'm worthy of, you know, that honor, you know, that, you know, they placed upon me last year and just show that I can live up to that. Um, and that's just attacking every day, you know, the same guy, you know, as you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. And not really trying to be anybody different than, you know, who you are. And that's one of the smallest things. But overall, it's just really just getting back to what we feel like, you know, we should have been last year and just kind of helping help my team just, you know, be in good positions. And that's, that's really the only thing I really think about. And being in the Conference USA, the, this is the thing. I was working on a story on this conference last year because there's really a lot of special teams and special players within this small conference. But because it's not, you know, quote-unquote power five, there's not the love that you get, you know, from big names, big conferences. But there's a lot of talented people in this conference. And you look at the NFL itself, you've got players even in the Super Bowl. You know, you've got Richie James playing for the Niners, Trent Taylor. Like, you have all these guys... And the people are like, oh, where'd they go to school? They went to a Conference USA school. So do you think it's fair to say that this conference is better than people realize, that you guys put ballers into the league and they stay in the league? For sure. Uh, <laughs> for lack of better words, I'd say that, you know, we're kind of like a conference that's, you know, like a diamond or a rust. You know, yeah. we, we love it's pretty good guys, you know, on a weekly basis. They just aren't, they don't get the hype because, you know, say like an SEC or right. a Big Ten or any of the Power 5 schools. So it's definitely that. We just don't have the type surrounding us. Yeah, and it's crazy to me because I've I've seen your games and they're as exciting, if not more so, than some of the big name games you know that I've been to. So you're looking at your schedule. You guys have this game Eastern Kentucky straight up on the bat this weekend. What has it been like, you know, being on campus for the past month or two, preparing in this pandemic? I mean, obviously this is something that's going to go down in history. There's nothing like it. But what has it been like as a player on the field every day with these masks, all the protocols, everything um, to prepare for this hopeful season? Well, first off, it's never been done before, yeah. um, which is the craziest thing. Um, we're the first generation of football players that you know have had to deal with this yeah. type of thing, you know, with practice. So you know, it's kind of finding that sweet spot how to you know attack every day, being the same person you're used to, where you know something that's like suffocating you, you know. So I thought that was the craziest thing. But other than that, this is kind of just like the uncertainty. Yeah. A lot of teams, you know, drop in, you know, basing their stay themselves off of, you know, other schools. Okay, this school drops. So yeah. we're not going to, you know, we're canceling our season. So kind of not having that uncertainty, you know, with 
dang, are we still going to play this team? Or, you know, are they going to drop? Or, you know, teams actually dropping out. And then you're like, okay, well, what about this void right here? Yeah. Just a bye week. Just, you know, kind of like roller coaster kind, kind of feeling. Um, and not really having a sense of, you know, certainty. But... Is that hard when you're when you're looking at prepping, like not know? I mean, obviously you know you have this game this weekend. You know that you're gonna you can count on, you can look at, you can assess their defense, but not knowing each week, you know how you're gonna break down film. Is that is that crazy, or is it make it easier to just focus on the task right in front of you? Uh, it definitely makes it a little harder, but yeah. you know, once we get the teams locked in and we're going to play, you know, that that makes it a little easier in terms, of, you know, concentration. But mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, we were supposed to play last week, and you know, we're, we're going through camp, you know, thinking that we're going to be, you know, playing the ECU on the mm-hmm. first game, of, you know, the, the year that gets backed up, so you get an extra week of camp, and so it's like, okay, <laughs> man, dang, I got a whole extra week of camp, so it turns into a month. And then, you know, you're like, dang, okay, so is this next team going to cancel too? And then it's just kind of playing that weight game. Yeah. And that's really just the biggest thing. It kind of messes with your mind a little bit. Has it, like, and I know most people, there was this debate about, you know, wearing the masks. It's it's hard to practice in a mask. I I think a lot of people have tried to, like, run or do workouts in them. But you guys do full-on, I mean, just, like, hardcore workouts. Did it take some time to adjust to having to wear that? and learn to breathe through it while you're doing these workouts? For sure. Um, <laughs> and for a while, you kind of didn't feel like the same person because it's like, man, I, I, I just can't catch up my breath. Yeah. Like, you can't be the same person if you can't breathe. But, I mean, once you get kind of kind of sort of acclimated to it, I, it's not that bad. But, you know, they're, they're definitely not something that you would want to, you know, play at your best as. With, with, with the mom. Um, and that's really the biggest thing, I feel like. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I don't know how. You, it's impressive. What are you guys hoping to show? Obviously, this weekend, not very many games on. Well, first of all, did you watch the football game last weekend, the Austin P Central Arkansas game? I watched a couple of highlights of that. Okay, so was it was it kind of interesting to be able to see them successfully play a college football game? And was that encouraging to kind of know, okay, They've done it now. There's a blueprint for how we can move forward. For sure, I thought it was pretty dope. Um, <laughs> you know, just seeing them being you know the first ones to play, kind of getting that first taste of action. Like, yeah. Hey, you know, ball balls back. You know, um, I thought that was a pretty good thing watching that, and it you know creates a sense of hope for the rest of us. I mean, they had a guy run for a touchdown the very first play of the game. Can we expect any craziness like that from you going into your first game? <laughs> Are we gonna see? Are we gonna see a seventy-five yard run first play of the game? Maybe. Whatever we need to get the. <laughs> that is a that's a good team answer. I like that. I can respect that. What do you hope? Like you have this platform where you guys are going to be one of the few teams being seen, all eyes on these games, probably more so than than you guys have had in prior seasons. What do you hope that that the team? shows the college football world you know what do you hope that that you guys bring out as the message just that you know we're, we're legit and you know we deserve a little bit of the attention um and deserve to be in that conversation with a couple of these other people you know we can play with a lot of people in the country mm-hmm. and we just want the respect you know back in that um so just playing our game and you know just showing who we are and you know just putting that out there for everyone to see and yeah. <laughs> Just making a statement, you know? Yes, I, I know this is a tough question, and, and you probably 
I, the answer I always get is, you know, the game in front of us. Is there a game on the schedule? Is there a team that you guys particularly like facing off against? You know, maybe a, a conference rival or somebody that you play every year that you look, you know, you circle that game like, all right, we want to make, I want to make a statement with this game. You know, whether it be Louisiana Tech, you know, Florida Atlantic, FIU, Middle Tennessee. Is there any game like that for you particularly? Um, it, it was a couple of our non-conference games, like uh, the Power Five, like the Pit game. But, yeah. you know, other than that, yeah, I mean, every game, I just kind of look at it as, like, the exact same. Me, mm-hmm. personally, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but that's to drive an answer. No, <laughs> it's fair, because, honestly, when you ask players and coaches, I mean, you're supposed to say the game in front of you, you know, you're not supposed to think ahead to anything else, but I'm just always curious, because in small conferences especially, you develop rivalries, and, and I was specifically told to ask you by a fellow writer, Eric Henry, good friend of mine, he covers a conference, and he told me to ask you about a specific FAU game. Apparently, you know, you had your highest career rushing, and but there was some Twitter beef between FAU and Marshall fans, and so he told me to ask you about the FAU game last year. Any any comment on that? or I, I don't really know, so I'm walking in blind. Uh, not really any comment. Okay. Um, what we did is what we did. And, you know, we just kind of <laughs> moving on from that. Um, just, you know, we looked to play everybody the same way, you know. Yeah, everything okay. I suppose. But, yeah, no, no, real, no real comment. Well, that FAU game is the, the homecoming game this year. So that should be... Assuming things kind of go back to normal October-ish, that should be an interesting game um, for you guys at home. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I don't know. The fans, you know, fans on Twitter, they get... They get like that. Do you utilize, do you go on social media during the season? I was talking to Asher and he said that he mutes all the mentions, you know, when season starts so that he, it's not a distraction for him. Like, do you embrace social or do you stay off of it? Honestly, I'm going to have to take a page out of his book. I don't know. It's a thing to mute the mentions. Yeah, you can, you could mute the notifications so you don't get them. You don't see them. And he said, you know, and I said, well, Asher, but you're going to miss all the good things that people say about you. You know, and, and all the praise, but he said he'd rather just, you know, keep get the headphones on, not listen and not see it. And, you know, that's the big debate is for you guys. You live, your generation is very much like social media, online, TikTok, you know, Twitter, Instagram. It's, is, is that a distraction during the season? Is it helpful? Is it motivating? There's some people that get really fired up from what people say, you know? Moderation. Okay. Um, too much of it is, you know, I feel like it's terrible and too, too, too many, you know, too big of a quality. But <laughs> yeah. in moderation, honestly, you know, that, that's just enough of a driving force that, you know, a athletes need. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to be praised too much, but, you know, it's, it's not bad from time to time just to, you know, hear something good. Do you um, get, you, know, do you, you got those teammates on TikTok? You guys do the TikTok? Oh, for sure. We got a couple of famous, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do you think any of your coaches get on there on TikTok? No. No, no. no. There's some... I can't, I can't imagine that. You'd be surprised. There are some coaches. I shall not name names, but there are some coaches across the country that that have TikToks and, and follow along on there, and, and they're, they're hip like that. If you did have a coach that you think would be, like, have a secret TikTok, who do you think it would be? Like, who would be, like, the... The, the low-key TikTok person? Oh, man. Probably Dallas Baker. Okay. Dallas Baker, a wide-ass coach. Okay. I, that's good to know. I'll have to, we'll have to look up. I'm always curious, you know, which coaches are most in touch with that kind of stuff, you know? They're, 
they're they're good with the the TikTok. And then one of the questions I also ask is about music. Music is such a big you know, part of game day. And now, especially without fans, you know, or a lot of, a lot of fans, you guys are going to have about 2,500, I think at home, but even that is, you know, it's such a limited number. Um, music plays a big role in your, in your preparation. And a lot of um, stadiums have DJs. When I was, when I came to your game last year, I was able to talk to the guy who runs your game day music and how he works with you guys to figure out songs. What is going to be the jam this year, the song that get that like for you personally that fires you up that you're gonna be listening to. Dang. I know that's a tough question. I know. Man, you put me on the song. <laughs> one single song. Yeah, like I got I gotta get some new music on my iPod or my iPod, my iPhone. Sorry, I'm not that old. Um, I gotta get some new music, and this is how I get it is from the football play. Every football game I go to, I'm over there on the sidelines shazamming songs that you guys are playing before the game. So I need to know what are the, you know, last year it was like, let's see, there was a lot of Da Baby. Um, I was it. Yeah. Yes. I'm assuming there'll be some of the new Drake stuff now. I don't know what's, what's gonna be, what's gonna be the song this year, do you think? What do you guys listen to in the locker room? A little bit of everything. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, they were playing one one song on the, on the Jumbotron, I think, a couple of days ago, just testing out the system. Uh-huh. It's not new. You know, it'll probably take you back a little bit, but it's that song by Roscoe Dash, Show Up. Okay. I re heard it again, and I'm like, oh, okay. You know that? <laughs> okay, yeah. I like it. See? There you go. And then even throwbacks can be good. Whatever gets your mood right. You know, before a game, that's what's important. It's like a baseball walk-up song, but what you listen to before the game can set the tone. No, for sure. Do you think that you would ever embrace an actual, you know, some of these schools like Clemson, uh, Louisville, and even Cal out out west, they have actual DJs that DJ on the sideline before the games. Do you think you guys would be into something like that? Honestly, I can't see us being into that. Okay. Uh, we had two teams in our conference, actually, with the whole DJ, you know, thing. I think it was FIU and FAU. Of that course. Because kind of that was my first time seeing it, but I don't know. It would be a little weird here, I think. You think it's too much? Like, it'd be doing too much? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Smaller schools, but, you know, a Power 5, yeah, 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 for sure. I've got it written all over it. It's true. You do have to cater to a different crowd in Huntington, West Virginia. It's probably a little bit of country that gets thrown on, uh, a little yeah, sure. <laughs> a little bit of classic yeah, sure. rock. But you're from Ohio, right? So yeah. what is the, what's the regional, like, rapper from Ohio? What's the regional music from Columbus? I, I don't even know. I don't think I would know. Uh, really, anything that's, you know, urban, I guess. So, okay. Or, you know, this mainstream. I mean, we got trippy raps in Ohio. But oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But outside of that, just a little bit of everything, anything that's hip. That's awesome. Well, see, I'm a big like music person. So I, every time I go, like I went to Tulane and then you hear a lot of, um, yes, young boy. Okay. See, I said his full name on Twitter and everyone made fun of me. (laughs) Eric made fun of me. He's like, nobody says young boy never broke again. I said, listen, I have a lot of people are not going to know if I say, you know, just young boy, they're not going to know. So, but they put him on before the games and I had never heard like his deep, I mean, I've heard some of his stuff that's mainstream, but, um, it's good music. And so it's kind of cool to go to all these different schools and regions and see, you know, like at Cal, we listen to like hyphy music, you know, E40, Mac Dre, g So it's cool to see that, the different, you know, regions and, and what gets people going. So now you should pay more attention when you travel to these games and see, you know, what people are listening to. 
I tried to. I honestly tried to. We're gonna make. I want to make a Conference USA Spotify playlist by school and break it down like the music that you would hear each school. <laughs> I think that'd be interesting, right? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it now just because we talked about this. Well, thank you so much for chatting and talking about you know what it's gonna be like this weekend. Very excited to see you guys get on the field. Hopefully, you guys get that dub, and just really excited to get the season going. You know, I appreciate it, and I will definitely catch up with you future in the season. Looking forward to seeing what you do and and all the carries and. Hopefully a lot of touchdowns. That's what I'm looking for, some touchdowns. All right, Brendan? Yes, ma'am. <laughs>